Hey guys, you're watching the Burden of Truth After Show. This is season one, episode eight, Hang Together. And David Hanley has made his return to Millwood just to stir up some drama. And the beautiful Beckby was attacked. So much drama in Millwood, so much. So don't go anywhere because we're going to be talking about it all. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz begin. One thing I can tell you is you got to be free. Come together. I'm a terrible singer, guys. I'm sorry. Over me. Hello, guys. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Today I'm by myself. I'm by myself. There is no Mina. I miss her. But you guys know me. I am your host, Paris Rose. Woo! I There's a lot of drama going on in Millwood. A lot of drama. A lot of threats going on. So I feel like I feel like we just gotta get right, right into this, right? It's gonna be a short show because it's just me, like I said. Tell Mina you miss her. Remember, reach out to Mina. Let you guys let her know you miss her. So, my gosh, my initial reaction from this from this episode is wow. Okay, this is definitely a dramatic show. So many threats going on there. Um, I feel like we need to break down the threats because the first one that came from CTS with uh, which is the Hanley firm. Um, and CTS was threatening Billy. Like, Billy has actually some skeletons in his closet. They um, made it very dramatic and said that Billy did something unethical in the past. And the whole episode, I'm like, oh, my God, I thought Billy was a good guy. What did Billy do? What did Billy do? And it just turns out that he took a bribe. He wanted to go to Vegas. Billy just wanted to go to Vegas. And he did that his first year as a lawyer. He took the bribe from his opposing side. And that was the dark, unethical thing he did that could get him disbarred. And although, I mean, I I found it kind of comical. And I'm glad I wasn't the only one. Joanna found it comical, too. There's way worse things you can do, Billy, than taking a bribe to go to Vegas. Also, Vegas? Billy. Like, I know he said he hasn't been anywhere. But you could have lost your job just to go to Vegas. But it was that's the only thing that they could pull up on Billy. So Billy is still, in my eyes, clean. He's still very innocent. Um, but there's also a trickier, darker threat, and that's Ben Matheson against Nate. And it's weird because he threatened him without actually threatening him. You know, he 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 looked one. Very frightening this episode, and I've been saying how I don't know if I can trust Ben Matheson. Is he in on this? Does he know that his mill is up to no good, and does he just not care? Or is he just naive and think that um, that Joanna and Billy are out for him when really the mill is innocent? But this episode kind of let me it let me know that Ben Matheson is in on it. He He might not be the initiator to dumping these toxins in the field and, you know, knowing that it could get people sick and potentially kill others. But he knows that there's a huge cover-up going on and he he's still for it, which is surprising because his daughter is getting very sick. She's one of the first uh, girls to get sick. 
And she's the worst one right now. She fainted this episode and might possibly have leukemia. And when I say quite might possibly is she it's most likely she has leukemia. It's like without a doubt. And so I thought this was going to be enough. This, you know, Ben is trying to maybe trying to protect the mill workers. He's trying to protect his company, save jobs. And so I get that he's kind of fighting between making sure he provides for this community and for these workers who are probably stressing him out, but also being a good dad to his daughter. But after that, he found out she has leukemia and that it came from these toxins, which the doctor told him, I thought this would be it. This would be the, you know, he would finally admit that we, you know, I got to stop working for the mill. I've got to just be here for my daughter. But no, he still threatens Joanna. It is still saying that the mill has nothing to do with why the girls are sick. It's blowing my mind. And, and now I, I only, not only do I think that Ben is just a slime ball because he knows that the mill is just up why the girls are getting sick, but he's also a horrible father. He has one child and made a big deal about how he can have just one child and that she was their lucky angel and this is how he treats her. I, I really feel bad for Taylor that this is her father and that he's kind of putting his job over her and her well-being and now over her life. Um, so, so that that was a shock. That was a huge shock for me. How did you guys feel about Ben? Am I the only one who thinks that he's just a slime ball? like that he's a part of it? Is anyone thinking that he's innocent still? You guys got to let me know in the comments if you do think that Ben is innocent because I, I don't think so anymore. But also, so there was that drama, but there was this surprising drama with um, Beckby. So uh, Mercer did threaten Beckby, basically giving him desk work. And Beckby was tired of doing the desk work. So he's like, okay, you know what? I'm just going to be quiet, keep my head down, and see if I can get through this. But obviously he couldn't, and he stood up for himself. I'm so proud of Beckby. He's not just a pretty face. He, he's, he's got some strength in him. And so he actually stood up to Mercer, who I know I keep saying people are creepy, but Mercer wins creep award. Like, he's the scariest character. And I'm so sorry because outside of this uh, show, this is a real actor. This is a real man. And I'm just calling him creepy, but he is. It's perfect. He, he, maybe he's a, such a good actor that, like, I really believe he's this dark, evil man. Um and, and Beckby actually calls him out for being racist, for being closed-minded, and for also basically taking bribes and not doing his job as a police officer. So I was super proud of uh, Beckby, and I thought, finally, we're getting somewhere. We're breaking them down. They're sticking together. They're coming together. We got Beckby. We got Molly. We got Joanna, Billy. They're all coming together, and no one's backing down. But Beckby gets attacked at the end, and... I was surprised they actually showed us who it was for once. They finally let us know who was doing the attacks, and it was Mercer. So do we think that Mercer was doing all the attacks? Is he the one driving the van? Did he attack uh, Joanne in the hotel? Could it have been Mercer? And if it is, why is he so, like, gun-ho about all this? I, I get he probably is getting money for doing these things, but why is he this passionate about it? Like... He's terrifying. And what is the point of beating up um, a Beckby? Also, do we think that Beckby is dead? Do we think he's severely injured? Because we don't really know, left off with us not knowing the conditions of Beckby. 
I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think he's dead, but I do think he's probably very injured. I mean, he was hit with a bat over and over. Um, so I think probably he's just really, really injured. But why would Mercer do that? This is more attention that they don't need. However, him being the police chief, maybe he can just cover this all up. I don't know. It's just getting it's getting super dramatic. It's getting super dark. And we only got two episodes left. So I, I'm really curious to see how this is going to unravel. It's still kind of unraveling slowly. Each episode, there's just kind of one or two things that happen. And I feel like these last two episodes, we might really, it might just, it might get really crazy. So I'm really curious to see this. But I just want to take it back for a moment. Um, Molly gets offered, they, CTS offers Molly $2 million to basically dismiss this case. It's a settlement. So take $2 million and you'll be happy. And this is the solution for uh, CTS gives Molly the solution. Do you guys think she should have taken the $2 million? I instantly thought, no, Molly, you can't do it because she's the only one that's being offered this money while there's about six other girls who are sick. And I feel like that's wrong. She just Molly would get the money and the others would get nothing. Uh, Honestly, absolutely nothing. So I just I I thought instantly, no, she can't do it. However, this case, it it could be never ending. I, I we they they don't know and Millwood land they don't know how long this case is going to go obviously these families are struggling for money Millwood is a smaller city um li- little town so they do need this money she can't go to college anymore she doesn't have a, a soccer scholarship she doesn't really know where her life is going and 2 million dollars could have her set for life and it's so selfish of me to think but maybe she should have taken the deal i, I don't know what i would have done in her position Clearly, Luna was excited about that $2 million. You would have think that the money was for Luna and Molly, the way she was saying how we're going to, what we're going to do, we're going to travel, we're going to do all this. Like, Luna, did Molly say she wants to give you the money or what? Like, why were you making plans, Luna? Um, I, I get that they're super in love. And so Molly, and Luna thinks she's probably going to spend the rest of her life with Molly. And so this $2 million would just automatically be hers as well. But... It was just kind of funny how she just jumped to uh, planning their lives together with Molly's money that now she doesn't have because Molly is a better person than me and she did not take the money. But guys, be honest, would you have taken the $2 million and ran? Would you have stuck around and and been a team member and come together with the rest of the the victims of Millwood? I want to know, honestly. Tell me, guys, what would you do? So I feel like... I can't I, I can't go any further with talking without talking about David Hanley's big return back to Millwood. It's like anytime David Hanley is on screen, it's like dun dun dun. You're like, what's going to happen with David Hanley? He only comes to like stir up some drama. There's always mischief around David Hanley. And of course, there is. I mean, he basically takes Joanna off the case with like a snap of uh, his fingers. Like it's so easy for him. He's so brilliant at what he does. And the whole the whole season so far, this has been this motto of, um, you know, don't make it personal. It's always business over personal feelings. However, I feel like David came back to Millwood and his attack on Joanna is only personal. Maybe like 10% business, but I feel like he's just pissed that his daughter is beating him. She's good. And she probably learned it from him, but 
I think that this is all personal now. Personal now with uh, David. 90% personal, 10% business. And even, you know, even uh, his employee, Alan, is over David. Alan is has been kind of a snake throughout this season as well. But you can see that he is starting to feel regret. He's kind of feeling like David's puppet. And he's realizing, like, this is too much. It's gone too far. And he's trying to get David to come to the light and, and, and see the better side. But David won't hear anything. Um, he, he just... He wants to take Joanna down, and so far it's working. We know it's only stalling Joanna. It's not going to keep her down forever. But, geez, like, he won't give her a break. And and on one hand, I really admire his character. I feel like if I was ever in trouble, I would definitely hire David Hanley to be my lawyer. But on the other hand, I'm so frustrated with him. I just want him out of the picture because I want Joanna to win, and I want those girls to finally get... um, the attention that they deserve, the money they deserve, the the medical attention they deserve, um, before it gets worse. I I think Taylor's not the only one who's going to be having leukemia or other problems. So I I feel like there's a t- uh, clock ticking, and David Hanley is just completely ruining it. Ah, uh, it, it's it's frustrating. So I'm excited to see how this is going to develop, and I'm also excited to share our results from our two truths and a lie that we had last week. Mina is not here. So I don't know if you remember, we kind of revealed uh, the two truths and a lie last week. She had made up a lie that was inspired from Home Alone. (laughs) And uh, obviously the Home Alone story with the burglars that got hurt and basically everything that happened in the movie, she (laughs) said in her lie. Uh, I think you guys guessed it as well in the comments. Yes, that was the lie. So I'm going to try to be a little bit more tricky this week because that was a dead giveaway. Mina was a dead giveaway. Um, All right. You guys ready for this? Two truths and a lie. So a woman sues her local TV station when the weatherman wrongly predicted a nice day. She got caught in the rain, which caused her to catch the flu and miss a week of work. So she is suing for $1,000 due to stress and having to uh, having to buy medication. So this is just $1,000. Everyone else like sues for $1 million. So what do you guys think? All right, moving on. A woman sues her ex-fiance and father of her child for $50,000 after he gave her a promise ring, but 10 years later did not marry her and actually moved on to another woman. So she claims that this is fraud and a breach of contract. Ooh, messed up, messed up. And the last one is a man is suing his best friend for $50,000 as well after making a verbal bet that he could shoot a basket from the half court. And um, if he makes it, then his friend owes him $50,000. Well, of course he made it and his friend was like, no way, and was not giving him this $50,000. So he is suing his friend um, for a breach of a verbal contract. These were good guys. What do you think? There are two truths and one lie. So let me know in the comments. DM me. Tweet me. Let me know which one you guys think is the lie. I feel like I've really tricked you guys this week. I really do. I'm proud of myself. I'm really proud of myself. All right. So moving on. We are almost done. So I feel like we got to get into predictions. The, the, the season's almost over. Yes. And now you're after Buzz TV. Predictions. Woo. Oh, man. So I kind of got a little bit into it uh, earlier with Beckby. I do. I don't think that Beckby is dead. I think he might be in a coma, maybe. And 
why this is important. Like, right now, we don't really need Beckby's character, so I'm not sure why they threw in the attack on Beckby. Maybe it'll, it would have left some breadcrumbs, you know, showing that Mercer's involvement. And from knowing that Mercer's involved, we can kind of tie this back to Ben Matheson. If we tie it back to Ben Matheson, maybe we will tie this whole toxins and poisons back to the, the mill. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. That's a little far-fetched, though. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think that Beckby is uh, dead or anything like that. I do believe, I know right now, Joanna is off the case, which could seem like a huge setback. But I'm pretty sure by episode 9, which is the next episode, that Joanna is going to find some sneaky way to get back onto this case and, and get to the bottom of things. So I'm going to say by next episode, I, I think Taylor's going to get sicker. Um maybe she she might even pass away which is oh I, I i don't wish that on her but i think that might happen which also might get ben matheson to act act out and work in joanna and billy's favor i don't know that's what that's what i'm seeing because i know i just have a feeling that this case is going to be solved by by the end of by the end of the show it can't it can't go into season two it's impossible right Oh, man. But anyways, the, the, this show is so dramatic, and that's what I love about it because it lets you, it lets me imagine, you know, the craziest things. And I just want to say I'm able to do this through AfterBuzz TV. I'm able to talk with you guys, you super fans, and I just got a little message for you guys. So our network produces after shows for nearly all of our favorite TV shows from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. And there's no network that works harder to serve television fans. But we need your help. We're asking that you please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. By subscribing to our channel, YouTube will suggest content that's tailor-made for you and you'll help AfterBuzz continue to grow. And if you're worried about pesky notifications like I would be, don't be because they're optional. So hit that subscribe button now for this channel and check out our AfterBuzz YouTube channels as well. Let us know you did in the comments and we will thank you on air. So we'll give you a little bit of a shout out. For now, thanks for being the best fans and for helping us be the ESPN of TV talk. Thank you guys. We really do appreciate it. And if you're watching now, thank you for hanging out with this this whole season. We're almost done. We're almost there. Um, so that is pretty much all I got for this week. Guys, you have to join us. We are almost wrapping. I know I need to know what you think. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Paris Rose um, with two R's. Tweet me, DM me, let me know your your predictions. And we will see you guys next week. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you, you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 